Hello friends, the Euros are here this weekend. It's all very exciting indeed. I just want to point out the Euros are all about bragging rights and showing pride for your country's squad. With the help of today's sponsor, Manscaped, you will definitely be showing pride in your squad. See what they've done there. With Manscaped, you can now trim up your personal pitch without the fear of lacerating your man bulbs. Unlock that confidence and join the movement with the exclusive offer just for you through this podcast. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. That's worldwide. We know we've got KOA listeners, KOA Army around the world. So get involved with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Hello friends and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast brought to you in association with our friends at manscaped.com and fittingly we're calling today's episode the sexy stuff special and it's not sexy because Stewie's got his shirt off promoting his freshly shaved manscaped chest it's sexy because we're talking about transfers and there's going to be a lot of chat about that today friends so buckle up you're in for an exciting ride I am Mark Heath I'm your host as ever and with me are the two doyens of Ipswich Town coverage the Doctor Stuart Watson live from his nans and Hutchie Hogan sporting another of his impressive collection of football shirts. Stewie, I'm going to come to you first. How is the nan? How are you? You are perhaps the greatest grandson in the history of time. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. I'm all good. How is your nan? She's all right, yeah. <laughs> She's not too bad. Do we do this every time? I like it, mate. I think, it, I think it's a lovely touch. Um, this this one's not going out on video, so I should just stress that Stewie is not shirtless at his nan's. He is, however, sitting in what appears to be her bedroom. There's some lovely floral stuff on the the wall behind. Does she make you um, cups of tea while you're there, Stu, and and sort of sandwiches that sort of that sort of vibe? No, that's that's very much my role. That's why I'm over here to uh, to provide a bit of assistance. She uh, she needs a little bit of help. So uh, yeah, that's why I'm over trying to be uh, a good grandson at least once a week. You are a lovely young man. Someone else who's a lovely young man is, of course, well, I say middle, young, middle-aged probably now, Hutchie, I don't know. Um, how are you? When does middle-aged start? I'll, I'll classify. I think technically, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the, it's about, what is it, 75, the average lifespan? So you, you're nearing middle-aged, I'd say. Yeah, I'm 34. Um, is that how you I'm are? Like, yeah. Yeah. Young swine. Years young. Still in Um, your prime. Yeah, very much. Yeah, very much in my prime. Superb. We're going to talk about a lot of people who are in their prime today as we talk about signings and sexy stuff at Ipswich Town. We're going to start off with the the links that the the boys have recorded already this week. And then we're going to go literally position by position, um, bringing you the latest uh, on each position at Ipswich Town and what the boys think might happen um, and what's been happening so far. So, boys, let's start this morning. Chronological order. First first one of the day, Rakeem Harper, who I'm already well in on because he's got a, a ready-made nickname. Rakeem the Dream is what I'm going to call him when he signs for town. Um, Stewie, Rakeem Harper from West Brom, one of the uh, the youngest players in Premier League history when he made his debut for West Brom uh, back in 2017. What can you tell us about this one? This would be a real coup if Ipswich can get this one over the line. I think there's some real surprise that Ipswich would be able to attract a player of his um, standing in terms of his potential and what he's done at such a young age in the game so far to drop down to League One. So this would be one of those signings we've talked about, you know, 
setting a marker to to persuade others to come. I think that would very much fall in this category. He's played for England at uh, up to England under 19 level, as you say. He made his Premier League debut at a very young age. His real breakthrough came in the Championship with with West Brom, where he was um, quite a central figure in the season, where they they finished in the playoffs and ultimately lost to Villa in the semi-finals kind of faded out the picture the following season under Slaven Bilic. Obviously, there's been numerous changes of manager at West Brom, which I don't think always helps young players on on their journeys um, and has ultimately gone out on loan a couple of times to Blackburn uh, in League One and uh, most recently to Birmingham in the Championship, where it doesn't take much research to see that Birmingham fans um, quite like the look of him. He's, um, he's dynamic, he's athletic. He originally started out as a striker and has kind of been converted to a midfielder, a real box-to-box, old-fashioned midfielder that likes to do a bit of everything in midfield. And uh, Paul Cook's talked about bringing in exciting players uh, in all positions across the park. That's not just in the attacking positions. That will be midfield, fullback, and he will be one of those. He's um, someone whose first thought is to, to get forward and make things happen in the game. He'll take a shot from range. Um, more of a pickpocket than a destroyer from what I gather and as the defensive part of the game and sort of uh, not neglecting that has been something that a lot of managers have spoken about um, him having to work on uh, over the last few years but if Ipswich can get this done especially on a permanent deal which we're led to believe is is what they're trying to do I think this would be a, a really big signing for them. And do we know kind of how advanced things are at this stage? Is it, is it something that's, that's likely to be happening kind of in the next day or so we're sitting here recording what is it midday on Thursday um just for reference so what do you know about that Stu? um I'd be lying if I said I'm at the heart of this one at the moment obviously TWTD were the first to to report the story uh last night as we're sitting here recording Mm. um they're saying that the the offer is uh half a million pounds there's since been some suggestion from the Midlands end that that there'll obviously be sort of numerous uh, clauses in there which could see it rise to sort of 1.5 million, um, maybe in excess of that. You would imagine by the time there's promotion clauses and appearance clauses and all things like that in there. But in terms of where it's at as we sit here at this moment in time, I, I honestly can't tell you. All I know is that at the Ipswich end, that they get a little bit jittery when they get to this kind of advanced talk stage because there's always the fear that that somebody could swoop in. Mm. Um, and, and scupper the deal or certainly the terms of the deal can change at the last minute. So um, I think there is just that, that sense that the jitters at the Ipswich end that they just want to, uh, they've got quite far in this and they feel it could be quite a big signing and they just want to get this one over the line now. So think, fingers crossed it does get done, but how quickly that happens, I'm not quite sure. And that's what people do, is it, transfer deals? They swoop in. That's, that's the terminology, the official terminology for transfer deals. Hutchie, the dream... Where do you see him fitting in, in, in Town's midfield? We know he's a box-to-box midfielder. We know Town have already signed Lee Evans. Where do you see him fitting in, in Paul Cook's 4-2-3-1 Ipswich Town next season? Probably one of the two. Um, you can't really be box-to-box if you're you're anywhere further advanced than that. Um, so, yeah, probably one of the two and, and probably one of a number who could play in that position as well. But I think we talked about Andre Dezel on here a few times, haven't we? And, and mm-hmm. Flynn Downs, I think this is another indicator that they're not necessarily going to be here come August. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend I know a huge amount about Rakeem Harper. I didn't watch much Birmingham last season. I've not watched much West Brom over the last few years, but the people that I know who have, uh, have watched a, a midfielder who's got attributes, um, 
the the same ones that Stuart's just mentioned there. He's box to box. He's he's got a good touch. Um, perhaps guilty of holding on to the ball a little too long at times, taking too many touches. Um, maybe has some raw edges to round off. But um, no, I quite I quite like the kind of the the range of of, of signing here. A twenty one year old clearly he's got plenty to learn, but also plenty of plenty of talent to bring to the table as well. So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, he gets over the line and um, another one. Another one to add to the mix. Can we just confirm, boys, that you're all in on the dream nickname in this early stage? Because I know you love nicknames. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, I see you've adopted <laughs> that. We're already calling him that now. So, um, yeah, fill your boots. We got to. Right then, moving on, boys. Uh, next link, Stewie, I think this was one of yours on Tuesday. I was off Tuesday. When I saw this drop, I thought, wow, that would be good. Matt Crooks from Rotherham. Um, I've seen him play a few times. I've always been very impressed with him versatile big Stu brings up to speed on this one yeah Ipswich fans will know him from from absolutely bossing the games bullying Ipswich in in those um two games um <clears throat> in Ipswich's first season down down in league one when Rotherham obviously went on to to get promoted that season um I think he scored 11 goals across all competitions that year Crooks uh, has gone on to score. Oh, you put me on the spot here. I think six. Seb, oh, Seb, was it seven? Six, six, seven yeah. uh, last season uh, with Rotherham in the championship with I think three assists on top as well. Obviously part of a, a struggling Rotherham team who suffered heartbreak on the, the final day or the final minutes of the final day of the last season to, to go ultimately come back down again to League One. So they're a club that are looking to, to bounce back again. They've become the, the real yo-yo club between championship and, and League One. Um, again, on the face of it, you would think this looks like a player that would be out of Ipswich's reach. Um, there will be a bit of championship interest in him, but I don't know if you'd go as far to call him an established championship player yet, despite the fact that he has played a reasonable amount of championship football here. So maybe, just maybe, Ipswich can sell the vision to him. And I think it would be a real hard sell here. He's, he's right at the top of their their targets. Mm. Um someone who is a ready-made, very good League One player who could come in, uh, ticks a lot of boxes in that he would add, I think, some much-needed physicality to the Ipswich Town midfield. Ipswich would look pretty lightweight across the park, all over the park, but certainly in, in central midfield, he's a bit of, he's versatile. I think he could play uh, he could play one of the two sitting midfield players. He could play as the number 10. You could play him up front if you really wanted to at different stages. So that's another box ticked. Another one who's that sort of prime good age for Ipswich Town. Um, but there's there's a lot of work to be done on this deal. I think a lot of persuasion that's going to have to go into this. But it's another indication of just how high uh, the ambitions are in this transfer window. Mm. And again, Stu, do we know what kind of stage that's at? Are we, are we, are we talking about bids being made or, or what kind of situation are we at do you know uh completely honest once again complete transparency i don't know the exact stage of where that's at only to mm-hmm. know that this is someone that they've been talking about and working on for for a little while now so uh whether it comes to fruition again i'm not sure um certainly far less advanced than the, the harper situation but it, it, all i can say is he is right at the very top of the conversations that are happening at Ipswich at the moment, and he's one that they're they're really keen to do. Mm. Matt Crooks, Hutchie, that rev your engine like it would mine at Ipswich Town. He just he just they haven't got a player like him. I don't think many teams have a player like him. A six foot 
six foot four central midfield player um, who's who's built like a, that size midfield player as well. Like Raheem Harper's a tall lad mm. that isn't necessarily filled out um, as a tall lad, but Matt Crooks is. He's a man, um, and he has manhandled Ipswich before. I like I've liked him as the ten in in the times that I've seen him compared to I think we've seen him deeper. Okay, on one occasion, but as a, a 10 on another. And I, I preferred him there, um, getting close to a striker. Who that striker is going to be at Ipswich, I don't know. But um, yeah, it would be it would be a real statement if they, they got this. Some championship interest for sure would require a good fee. Um, if they can do it, if they can do it, it's a great, it's a great move if they can get it done. Mm, he is a unit. Ipswich have been undersized for a while and I think that certainly in League One that has been a real problem for them when you looked at sort of midfields that were made up of Dazelles and Bishops and we kept sort of saying when when Downs wasn't available that they really lacked some sort of bite and strength and not just in terms of height but also strength as well mm. and Harper is someone that comes known as, as having a bit of sort of athleticism and strength about him. Certainly Lee Evans is someone that um, although he's primarily a playmaker, is also someone that there's a sense that he can win his fair share of aerial duels and, and has got a bit of strength about him as, as well without necessarily being someone who covers every bade of glass. He can he can win those sort of um, man-on-man duels across the pitch, which is probably something Ipswich have, have had a problem with. So it's pretty clear that Paul Cook has come in and, and uh, identified that as something that needs to improve. It's technical specifications that Ashton talked about. He's obviously also put in their brick shithouse when it comes to Crooks. <laughs> Um, next up, Hutchie, keeper time. We we think that Ipswich Town would like to have a new number one keeper next season. They've been linked with the pomp, departing Portsmouth number one, Craig McGillivray. Um, what can you tell us about this? I think this link was always going to come, whether they're interested or not. They absolutely will have a new number one goalkeeper next season. I don't think that's in that's in doubt. Whether it's McGillivray, I don't know. Um, the link there is to Paul Cook's new goalkeeping coach, John Keeley, who worked with McGillivray for the three years that they were together at, at Portsmouth. So I'm not surprised in the slightest that this this was reported from from elsewhere. I think they're pretty open-minded with goalkeepers at the moment, if I'm completely honest. I don't think there's one that's kind of their slam dunk uh, number one, and I'm, I'm not sure he's that either. Um, he was that Portsmouth Player of the Year last season, but has been allowed to move on. I think there's some some budget changes going on at, at Portsmouth. It, Portsmouth are an interesting one. Some people that you speak to will tell you that, that Portsmouth are having their budget squeezed significantly, which is why high earners like McGillivray have been allowed to move on in terms of not taking options on them. Then there are others that will, will tell you that actually Portsmouth are going to have a pretty healthy budget next season, but are kind of professing poverty almost to kind of... Um, to, to bluff people almost and that McGillivray has actually just been allowed to move on because because someone better's in the in the pipeline so it'll be interesting to see who ends up in goal for for Portsmouth next season um it wouldn't shock me if McGillivray was at Ipswich for next year the goalkeeping coach knows him and, and goalkeeping coaches tend to have a real real input into who is brought in in that in that position I know Jimmy Walker did he was um he was given he was given sort of plenty of responsibility by Paul Lambert in terms of um, in terms of bringing in goalkeepers. Um, Remy Matthews, um, Jimmy Walker just turned up with with Remy Matthews one day for a training session. It's like here we are, he's coming to train. Great. Ultimately, didn't sign, but um, but yeah. So 
it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I'm not aware that it's one that's that's getting close to being being done or anything out. And if I'm if I'm completely honest, I think there are potentially better better goalkeepers out there. Hmm. Okay. Well, that that brings us on to Stewie McGillivray. If he was in if he was in goal between the sticks, number one next season for Town, is he is he an upgrade on what they've already got? Would you be happy with that? Or like like Hutchie, do you think there's better out there available? Um. I seem to recall him making quite a few saves in the was it the game down at Fratton Park where he, he caught the eye. Certainly came came away as a man of the match contender in in that game. Um, as Andy says, he's just been player of the year at a, a team that was sort of finished above Ipswich in in League One. So it would have to be seen as an upgrade, I think. In Holy and Cornell, Ipswich have just got two fairly average League One goalkeepers. Would would be the my assessment of that so I can see why they're looking to freshen that up but there are so many options with goalkeepers out there a lot of league one clubs do tend to look for loan goalkeepers um, that's happening more and more so there, there'll be some good ones out there I liked Nathan Baxter who was on loan at Accrington from Chelsea and and Dips which have obviously now got some Chelsea connections hmm. with uh, all Cook's former coach Anthony Barry there as well which I'm, I'm sure might might help Cook has um, had Chelsea Loney's before at Wigan. Rhys James obviously is is one, so I'm sure Paul Cook's got a bit of credit in the bank with, with Chelsea there. Rhys James isn't available, Stu. He's not. Rhys James isn't available. It's not no, going to happen. Sadly not. But I'm just, it's just as an example of kind of you get a reputation of going, okay, that manager's looked after our players and helped develop them in, in the past. But um, I don't know. that There'll be a bit of a, a um, domino effect with the goalkeepers, I'm sure. They're talking about like Ben Amos, for example, is out of contract at Charlton at the moment. Um, Charlton have also been uh, who have Char- Charlton also been linked to McGill. How yeah. we pronounce him? McGillivray. McGillivray. Uh, McGillivray. So, you know, if they were to get him, then Amos then becomes available, and 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 so it goes on. So, um, be interested to see what routes which go down with the goalkeeper. Okay, well, that's the three most recent ins the boys have reported this week. Let's talk about outs as well. Hutchie, um, Guion Edwards, there's a little update from you this morning. Doesn't sound like Roscoe's boy is going to be an Ipswich Town player next season. No, I think he's. I think he'll be a Wigan Athletic player next season. The links between Ipswich and Wigan to to strengthen there. Um, that that could even be done today potentially. Mm. Um, could even be done by the time people listen listen to this. Um, it's been a funny. I, I was surprised. I'll be honest. I was surprised that he was offered a deal by by Ipswich. Anyway, um, he's taken some time to think about it, and uh, ultimately has thought about it and has has gone to Wigan. I think that Ipswich didn't hear from him for a, for a while, and then from what I gather, when when Edwards did try to kind of contact Ipswich, um, they may, maybe didn't pick up the phone, and um, and there we are, and uh, there he we could go. be it. He could be at Wigan. Could be at Wigan for next season under Liam Richardson. Paul Cook has made it pretty clear that he only wants players fully committed to the cause, and maybe that you know, if, if there wasn't a rush to take the offer on the table, then maybe that told Paul Cook a few things. And just judging by social media and word of mouth, I don't think uh, here we go. The classic house phone going off <laughs> in the background. Ignore that. Um, maybe that's Guion. I, uh, I don't think there's. Uh, I'll ignore it. I don't think there's a few, oh. many many tears being uh, being shed over Guion Edwards because we've seen in flashes his qualities, haven't we? But not consistently. And ultimately, he's had 
three years at the football club mm. now, which has consisted of a relegation and two League One failures. That's a pretty big evidence sample to go off. Mm. And um, I know it leaves another body and another area of the squad to fill in, which is already going to be a busy summer. But um, it feels like another bit of a, a moving on from... Uh, from the past a proper freshening up to me but what it does mean is that that like we talked about on the last pod that number seven shirt is available and i'm sure wes burns will be on the phone getting that tapped up straight away from in my mind there are three things that guion edwards will be remembered for as an ipswich player one of them was that flick over the blackburn player's head on his debut yeah another one was a goal again a very positive goal against norwich which was one of the best celebrated atmospheric goals I can remember at Portman Road in a long, long time in the early days of Paul Hurst. And the third one is the horrific corner and free kick combo <laughs> from the end of... And, and honestly, I think those are the three things that he's going to be remembered for. There, there were times in there where he looked a really good really good player. He, he was confident, could run at people. He, he, did a, he grew into a right-back role, which he wasn't suited for initially, but grew into that and got better and better under Paul Lambert. But there were so many other times where he just ran into trouble, head down, um, and just wasn't able to find the end, the end product that was needed. I'm disappointed we never seen, saw more of him on the left, which was his best position for sure. And I'm sure privately and probably publicly he will tell you that that that's somewhere he should have played more. He looks far more threatening there. And it'll be interesting to see if that's where we're going, where we can use him. I imagine it probably will be. I chucked the Blackpool game in there from the early start of this season and that little spell for him where he was, was in a bit of form. But as I say, it's, it's come in little blocks and patches and uh, patches isn't enough for Ipswich. And just on the Wigan note, from what I gather, Ipswich and Wigan are very much shopping in the same market for the same pool of players this year. Um, they've got their own new takeover and, and money behind them at the minute. They will be at a different end of the table next season. I've got a feeling about that. And, you know, if there wasn't that ambition at Wigan at the moment, I'm sure we'd have seen Liam Richardson at Portman Road by now. So the, the idea of Cook and Richardson going head-to-head, both in the transfer market, on the pitch next season, is, is an interesting little subplot for sure. Hmm. Playoff Probably. semi? That'd be good. That'd be hashtag narrative for us, wouldn't it? <laughs> so much hashtag narrative. And that's what it's all about. Sports are all about narrative, boys. So fingers crossed that happens if town obviously aren't promoted by Christmas, which is inevitable. Um, that's quite a good character arc, isn't it, though, for, for Edwards? You've got that incredible flick, which I think I will definitely remember him for, led me to crown him Suffolk Giggs, if you remember, boys, back on the uh, the first game of the season. One of the few times I've actually stood up at a football match and shouted, fucking hell, when he did that. Um and then obviously you mentioned the goal and then the uh, the viral um, set pieces, uh, which were the end of his Ipswich Town career. So it looks like Guion's moving on. Someone else we know already is moving on, Luke Chambers. Um, we, we said we expected him to sign for, or you boys expected him to sign for Colchester United. It looks like that might be happening today, Hutchie. Could be, yep. Um, he, I've, he will sign for Colchester United, I'm sure. Two-year contract. Colchester, I think, have, have said on their newly launched television channel that, yeah. um, that there's going to be two two new signings announced today, and I would be shocked if at least one of those wasn't a former former Ipswich Town player, um, of which of which Luke is probably the the furthest advance in terms of being done. So, yeah, that could um, again that could be that could be done by the time people actually listen to this. That's going to be an interesting um, experiment, isn't it, next season at Colu? 
It sure is. This this preseason friendly is this just yeah. becoming basically the, the Luke Chambers testimonial that, that he never <laughs> got. Um, now it's essentially becoming that, isn't it? With with all the old Ipswich players heading over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of Ipswich Town eyes on Colchester this season to see how see how that all pans out. See how their Masters team get on, the Legends team. Um, boys, right, that's the end of this week's transfer chat to date. But what we're going to do now is go through the team, as you did in, in a print and written article earlier this week. Um, position by position, just bringing you up to speed with what we understand is the latest and what the boys make of various things. So we, we start with keepers, obviously. You have to, using an American term, Hutchie, defence wins championships. And, and Town's defence was pretty good last season, but we know they're going to have a new number one keeper. We've already mentioned McGillivray. Any other links that you boys are he- hearing? There's the um, Seagrist, isn't it? The the, uh, the the other keeper that's been linked so far. Yeah, uh, be, we've seen the links, obviously. Um, mm. not, it's not one that we, we've heard anything about firsthand. Um he sounds yeah, he sounds a good goalkeeper. Swiss, Swiss Dundee United, um, twenty nine years of age, but can't really add anything to to that link uh, at the moment. The other one who's been linked is uh, Liverpool, Liverpool and Ireland youngster. Um, I'm not even going to try. And <laughs> How are you pronouncing his Irish, birthday? <laughs> the Irish Christian name, uh, but the surname Keller. As uh, he's, I think he's played a, a handful of games for their first team, and I think Jurgen Klopp's come out and said that. Um, the plan is not not to loan him out, and that he'll he'll be the backup next season. So that that one seems unlikely. But Paul Cook has obviously got uh, some contacts up at Liverpool, the club that that he supports, and led to believe he knows their goalkeeper coach quite well. So um, that might be where that links come from. If only Rossi was here to try and pronounce that first name. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got to admit, I've got no idea how you'd say that. Carmen, Carmen. Keep trying. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, boys. That's the keepers. Right back. We know KVY is unquestionably the starter when he's fit. But the question, of course, is, is he going to be fit? Probably not for all of the season. Um, So what's the latest at right back, Hutchie? Before we go there, can I give you my my attempt at this name? Yeah. I'm looking at Liverpool's Liverpool's website here, and they've done a little story, which... Which is a, to try and help people pronounce it. And yeah. they're spelling they're spelling it Q U I V I N E, which I would either go Kyvin or Quivin. But I think Kyvin. I'm gonna go Kyvin Keller would be my would be my attempt. Well you've you've cheated there by looking up how you say it. Kyvin or Quivin. Well, I would never have called him Kyvin. I'd have gone I'd have gone I'd, there's an M in there for a start. Yeah. Yeah. Silly. Hmm, we'll see. Um, right back, Hutchie, you digress. What, what we say, we know KBY is going to be the starter when he's fit. Uh, we know that Wes Burns can play there if needed. Um, any other, anything else happening there? What's, what's going on with your boy Janoy, the Denaisons? Well, Janoy was, Janoy was talked about as being part of a deal for, for Burns. Um, but it never got, it never got to that point. Um, I don't think it ever, it was discussed, but never to the point of actually asking Janoy. Um, and, and I think, I think it's going to be a similar scenario going forward. I think he could be maybe used again, um, in, in potential deals like that. I, I don't think there's really a, realistically, there's a route back into the first team for him. Um, and I'd imagine that he'll be, he'll be moving on. So for me, you're, you're probably, 
you're probably need probably needing a right back body of some of some sort in there. Whether that's the right thing to be doing or not, I don't know. But um, I think in all in all reality, there could be somebody coming in who can play as a as a right back. But uh, still, still, I'd be interested to see Kane Vincent Young as a left back with, with Burns as the right back. I wouldn't be against that in the slightest. So. Uh, Paul Cook wants a small squad. He's talking twenty twenty three players, isn't he? So, so the fact that Kane can play either side um, will be a real will be a real bonus. Sorry, Mark, go on. No, I was going to say, mate. We we talked about Genoi quite a lot. I mean, there is surely there is value in having backup players, isn't there? Not everyone they sign this summer is going to go straight into the starting lineup. You're still going to need players to come in as and when. And Genoi can cover a variety of positions across the the back line. He can, and Paul Cook's not seen anything of him in person mm. yet, so there may be a feeling that they give him a chance in, in pre-season to, to have a look at that. You also then get a chance to see how how Kane Vincent Young is doing over pre-season, and then that, the right-back one might be you leave a little bit later in the window, and if, you, if you've got some reservations about Kane's fitness, that you then dive into the to the loan market or do something a bit, little bit later. But full-backs are going to be absolutely huge. Mm. Uh, in this Paul Cook system. They've been the the driving force of so many of Paul Cook's sides. He's worked with, I've mentioned Reese James earlier, worked with Ender Stevens at Portsmouth, who's obviously gone on to be a Premier League player as, as well. Um, so I just wonder whether Burns has almost been signed as a as a right back more than a right winger, the more I think about it. I mean, it's not guaranteed, that, but you talked about having backup players. There's no guarantee that Burns is going to be a starting Player. They might have just signed him as a as a as a versatile squad player, um, uh, poss- possibly to sort of play that right back role because that's where a lot of his exciting football has, has come from. Um, so we'll see. I'm not at this moment in time. I wouldn't say that right back is top of the priority list. There's some far bigger holes to fill throughout the rest of the squad. Which brings me on nicely, Stewie. Very well done to centre back. We know there's some holes to fill at centre back because people have departed. Player of the year. Uh, James Wilson and also obviously the aforementioned Mr. Chambers. Um, there's a name here that I think you you picked out on your League One players that Town could target. Excellent podcast. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Callum Connolly, Stu. Um, what do you make of, of that? Could we see him? He's going to be a target, surely, for, for Town. Yeah, he's one they're definitely interested in. Cook worked with him briefly. Uh, during a loan spell at, at Wigan before. He's, he's finally a free agent now after so many years like out on loan, uh, mm-hmm. as many of the Everton youngsters do. Um, captain material, wore the armband at, at Fleetwood. Versatile, we know that. We've seen him play both sides at fullback, midfield. Centre-half is where mm. he's played most of his football recently, and that would be the position that I think Ipswich would, would look to recruit him for. Again, it's just another one of these where there may be some championship interest. And if you're him, you, you might want to sort of just wait and see what, what other options are out there at the moment. But it'll be certainly be one that Ipswich are looking at. A um, few centre-back options have, have come and gone now. As we know, they tried very hard to sign Sonny Bradley, put together, uh, put together a really uh, attractive financial package for him. But ultimately, mm. he's, he's signed a new deal at Luton. I think Jack Watmore was another one that they looked at. Uh, again, uh, a young player that Paul Cook worked with at Portsmouth. He's ultimately gone to Wigan to go back to that, what I said earlier about shopping in the same market as them. So, um, 
Yes, I think they will need at least two centre-backs this window. Um, the only one in the building that you could possibly see starting the opening day would, would be Luke Wolfenden, um, despite him being kind of among the players that was told, you know, you can go if there's interest. I just wonder if there's a bit of a redemption there for him, whether that he's one that would benefit from the, the little kick up the backside. We know that he's um, Mr. Laidback and uh, by his own admittance, his standards dropped a little bit last season, but I do wonder if he's one that can sort of fight his way back in, into the picture because his qualities as a ball-playing centre-half, again, would seem to kind of mesh with with what Paul Cook's sides tend to include. Mm. Where do you stand on centre-back, Hutchie? What's your feelings about the uh, the middle of defence there? Well, yeah, you have you have to sign players because you've allowed mm. you've allowed the existing ones to go. So there's this is this is this is an issue in many areas of the pitch, isn't it? They, the decisions have been made about who they would like to move on and some that they have been able to move on. You have to fill the gaps. So yeah, they're going to need two, two center halves and, and, and like Stu, there's, there's one there that, that might be able to, to force their way into the picture, but you need at least, at least one opening day starting center back, probably two. Mm. You've mentioned obviously Wolfenden, but what about, Someone like Toto Inciala, who's um, still at town. Corey and Darber as well. Any role at all for them in terms of starting? And Darber would have a that would be a that'd be a long a long road for for mm. Corey, who who hasn't trained with Paul Cook yet. I don't think Paul Cook will have put hung hung anything on on Corey and Darber. Maybe maybe he could force his way into being a fourth centre back, but he's he's had that opportunity two summers in a row now, and has ultimately ultimately not ended up being involved in that way. So uh, my bet would be another loan for him, uh, potentially. Um, Toto's an interesting one. I think he's probably in the same same boat as Janoi Danassian and it could be could be used in deals. Um, he was a starting centre-back for Cook um, during much of his, his time in charge at the end of last season. So wouldn't shock me if he was in the picture, but I don't think he's an, I don't think there's any way that Paul Cook's sitting there thinking that Toto and Ciala is his opening day starting centre half. So I don't think their incoming recruitment will be dictated by by Ciala in, in any way, really. Mm. What was I just heard? What sounded like a recorder? Was there some recorder action going on? Stuart, you're on the move. Is something afoot? You're not oh. very good at covering up things in the background, <laughs> are we? This is audio. We don't need to tell everybody the stuff that's going on. You just carry people, on people will be hearing it, my friends. <laughs> we need to explain uh, it when there is audio. Um, left back, no, no links as yet. Miles Kenlock is there as a as a uh, as a backup. Hutchie, any, any thoughts on left back? I know in Stu's bit, he wrote that um, he threw he threw some names out just for fun. But um, where do you stand on on left back? They need a starter. Um, yeah. Again, I'd I'd be happy to see Kane Vincent Young play there if fit with Wes Burns on the other side. But in all, in all reality, they need a they need a serious starting left back. The full backs and those two midfield positions are so crucial to a Paul Cook team, and and they haven't got the left back at the club that they need. So, um, yep, no links yet, no names that we're hearing either. Um, but I feel sure that there's some serious work going into their left back recruitment. Um, right now, because at best, Miles Kenlock is a is a backup. So, um, yep, I'm sure a new number three will arrive. Stu, do you want to talk about the names you chucked out at left back just for fun? Uh, yeah, just thinking out loud, really. Um, Ian Matson, who was the young Dutch 
player again at Chelsea who went on loan to, to Charlton last season. Um, played most of his football at left-back, really attack-minded. Uh, actually ended up playing a fair bit on the wing. I think he ended the season playing right wing. So I just wonder if he's one that, that might um, <laughs> that, that might uh, fit the system. It's all going on here, isn't it? Um, isn't it? Who else have we mentioned? Do you remember Andy and I did a, a podcast looking at the League One out-of-contract players a little while back and Connor uh, Agilvy at Ch- uh, Gillingham is, is one that I just wonder. He's out of contract. I think he's rejected a new contract at Gillingham, a real sort of competitor and another one that's got sort of leadership qualities um, and has chipped in with a few goals here and there. Um, that piece I put out online earlier in the week, a few people mentioned about um, uh, Ferguson at Millwall, the Northern Ireland uh, player that's got a fair bit of championship experience. He's, he's out of contract. Um there as well, so there'll, there'll be some options out there. But I think, uh, as much as we're all getting excited about strikers and and wingers and attacking players, um, the uh, importance of getting that left back signing right can't be underestimated. Mm. Just before we move on, I'm getting some um, distortion on the line, so I don't know if you listening are picking that up. But there's a there's a, a tapping uh, on the line. I don't know if you're getting that, boys. But um, if if you are, if you're picking that up, listening, I do apologise. I don't I don't know where that's coming from, but we'll we'll persevere. Um, Centre mid boys moving to midfields. We know um, they've already signed Lee Evans. They've obviously been linked with Rakeem Harper. What's your take on, on centre mid, Hutchie? What's the, what's the latest for you on that? Well, it's, it's the area they've, assuming that Harper is, is is ultimately over the line for them, it's the area they've addressed the most already, isn't it, with two with two in. I think there'll be some exits. I think Andre Dezel will probably move on. And I think there's every chance that someone like Teddy Bishop could move on. Um, possibly even Flynn Downs move on, both of those, um, which would kind of from the existing stock would only really leave John Nolan as um, as kind of a, a supplementary piece to what's there. Obviously, Matt Crooks we're talking about as well, potentially going into the mix. It, seem, it seems to me like that's the area they've got the biggest handle on um, at the moment, but that's not to say they're finished in, in, that, mm. in that area. Engine air, engine room area of the team. I'm sure there'll be more. Um, They've also been yeah, to, to to Richie Smallwood, haven't they? And, and Max Power. Yeah, have been mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Smallwood's possibly more likely than Power in in that in that role. I'm not sure uh, whether whether Harper or even getting Evans over the line how that impacts on on those. It's something I need to check in on again. They were obviously they were stories done before Lee Evans was was signed and over the line. So. Um, mm. they're not not necessarily looking at all of all of these players at this point. Oh, Stu, you're on mute. Sorry, Harper and Smallwood, I think, would have been teammates at, at Blackburn during his sort of brief brief loan spell. There, Smallwood probably kept him out the side mm. quite a bit there. So that that that'd be interesting if uh, you know Smallwood, an experienced player that that may have may have helped even off the pitch Harper during during that period. So. Um, yeah, I think even even with if they get Harper over the line and with Evans in the building, I still think there's work to do at centre mid because, as Andy says, I think you know it's a it's a matter of when, not if. Dazel goes. Mm. Uh, my gut feeling is Downs Downs will follow as as well. So um, Nolan will be an interesting one. Obviously, um, in some ways, him being injured at the back end of the last season might have done him a few favours because it kept him out of. Uh, it's, he's not been tarred with the same brush as the other players that kind of uh, stuttered over over the line in front of Paul Cook. And I think Nolan will have a few qualities that 
that Cook quite likes. So I could see him being sort of, if not a starter, certainly still hanging about and maybe being one of one of the four options for, for that sort of deeper midfield role. Mm. How about attacking midfield, the number 10 role? Boys, you know, Teddy Bishop's been linked with, with Cambridge United. Um, I guess I think Crooks can play there, can't he? I think even Evans has played there in the past. Um, but what are you thinking about that, Hutchie? Same again, they need someone. <laughs> they need, they, we, we've, we've spoken at the start of the summer that they need... They, Paul Cook will be looking for a player in every position on the on the field. Um, I like Crooks as a ten. When I when I've seen Crooks as a ten, I, I, obviously I don't watch his every his every game. Uh, Rotherham fans might correct me and say that he's better elsewhere, but in the, in the the games where I've watched him, I've preferred him a little higher up in the midfield three um, as a ten. So if they sign him, be absolutely delighted if he's the starting number ten. But again, they need someone. Um, I think they need someone to play. In that role, even if they do sign Crooks, they'll sign somebody else. I'm sure because everything we're hearing is that that Teddy Bishop will be allowed to, to move on if there's an offer there. Mm. Alan Judge, they've already allowed Alan Judge to move on. Dob, you couldn't get more different, a bigger difference in terms of profile of of Armando Dobra as a number ten to Matt Crooks, and I think that should show you what they're what they're trying to do in terms of size. Obviously, Dobra is also in the position where he can move on this summer, so. Yeah, they they need someone. There's also been a link to Josh Hawks, hasn't there, at Sunderland, the um, the young attacker there, who I note the uh, the sporting director was quite keen to say will definitely be in the first team squad next season. He's been very impressive for their their under twenty three side. Um, anything to throw into the mix there, uh, Stewie? Before we move on to to wingers, I know when I say what do you think about each position, you're obviously going to say they need to sign someone. But um, in terms of incumbents and names for for wingers. Um, Jack Lancaster is is one that hasn't really been in the mix. Obviously, been injured, and he's another one we understand is is potentially on his way out the door, isn't he, Stewie? Yeah, I think so. I think there's been a sense that maybe uh, you know he's had problems with his back on and off for, for some time now, and there's maybe I think a sense within the coaching staff as a whole that he's not he's gone backwards a, a little bit. Um, certainly not. It's not to say his, his entire Ipswich career as the door is shut on that, but the pressure is on now. The, the goalposts have moved. Ipswich, Paul Cook will know he's under pressure from day one and, and building projects and developing youth players within. There just isn't the time for, for Paul Cook to do that. And so he will be looking to build a squad, certainly a starting eleven that is ready to hit the ground running and can do this now. And unfortunately, that means that there probably isn't the time to kind of get people up to speed or, or round off the raw edges of, of people like Lancaster and, and Dobra and others like that as well. So whether those exits are, are loans or whether they decide to do something permanently with those, it will, it will depend on what interest comes for those mm. players. But you, you mentioned Ndaba earlier. I guess McGavin could be thrown into that mix for, for midfield. And then even coming to people that have had a decent taste of the first team like Lancaster and Dobra, I just can't see... Paul Cook wanting to hang his hat on those sort of players going forward next season. He'll be wanting a bit more experience and people that he can, in his word, a word he uses all the time is trust. He wants to get to a stage where he can trust a player, where he knows what you're going to get from them week in, week out, consistently. And mm. I think uh, certainly with with younger players, um, that that's proven a bit more difficult. Okay, so wingers, we know obviously they've, they've signed Wes Burns, you can play there, and um, they're certainly going to need to sign more with Guion on his way out the door. Boys, 
rub your rub your thighs because it's the sexiest of sexy stuff time. It's strikers, baby. We know Ipswich Town need to sign strikers. I'm not going to ask either of you whether they do or not because um, they clearly do. And there's been quite a few linked, Touchy. We've had Charlie White, Colby Bishop. Um, who else is there? Jaden Stockley has been, been kind of rumoured as well. <laughs> of those, of the names linked so far, who's going to be the, the best fit for town? And is there any kind of update on, on any of those? Um, of those three, I think, I personally think Bishop is the best fit of those mm. three for Ipswich. I know he's someone that Paul Cook has liked for a long, long time. Um, whether they can get it done remains to be seen. There's a, there's other teams interested in him. It's a slow a slow market. I'm not sure that people are necessarily clear on the value of players this summer um, due to due to COVID as much as anything. Um, what value these players actually actually hold, what people are willing to pay. Um, but of of those three, I, I think I think Bishop would be one that I would I would like to see and, and probably more like certainly more likely than Wyke. Um mm. but yeah, um the wide areas is the position of the pitch that had had in a strange world had Marcus Evans still been here or had Paul Cook decided not to completely rip everything up the wide the wide forward roles would have been the the area that I would have wanted them to look at the most because I think that's where they've fallen down over the mm. the last two years they haven't supported strikers well enough they haven't created chances from wide they haven't caused problems they haven't really operated with a, with a front front three which in this kind of system that's what you're trying to do so any kind of permutation of Ipswich Town this summer would have needed a serious look at those wide areas. And, and that's where I'll be really interested to see what they ultimately do as much as, as much as who they sign to ultimately put the ball in the net um, from the central striking position. Cause, cause you need goals and you need assists from these, from these two wide areas. Hmm. Yeah. Lack, lack of goals has been an issue obviously, but I think the lack of chances created has, has underpinned that. It's not like Ipswich. It's not like you looked at Ipswich last season and thought they just need someone to finish this off. It was, you know, it was the lack of creation. And we, we talked about the dearth of number 10 roles. At one stage, we were talking about them coming out of our ears when Josh Harrop arrived on loan. And then you had, you had as Bishop and even then El Mazzuni and Dobber and Lancaster as being sort of other options, all vying for that number 10 role. None of them have really worked out, to be honest. And I just, I wonder whether Cook, to try and keep the squad size small, might look, when you, when you were recruiting for those attacking roles, you can get a lot of them tend to be out. How many times do you hear a player who can play left, right, 10? And I wonder whether they'll try and get one or two players that can kind of do it across those those roles, especially if he likes kind of inverted wide men that tend to play. They're not sort of, I don't think he'll be looking for paint on your boot wingers because that's what he wants the fullbacks to, to bomb on on the outside. He looks for ones that like to sort of play on the inside a little bit more. Um, mm. So I think rather than trying maybe to sign a player for every single one of those positions, you might look to go for quality over quantity and get three or four good ones that you, that can kind of play across different different positions. Mm. In terms of what Tan have already got in the, in the striking department, obviously James Norwood is there and he's got a surprisingly good record in, ter- in terms of his, his goals per game uh, record. Despite obviously all the injuries, he's, he's, he's done all right. Um, and we know that, the boy Ollie Hawkins and also Drizzy Aaron Dryden is still there. Can you see any any roles for those going forward, either as starters or backups, Hutchie? No. If I'm if I'm being blunt, 
Um, not really. You've, you've not mentioned Caden Jackson there. Oh, who, of course, yeah. Um, similarly still there, but I think he's one that, that could move on this summer. Um, I think the other two could ultimate, ultimately move on this summer as well, um, mm. particularly Hawkins. I think he. I, I'm not. I'm not sure he's the kind of player that Paul Paul Cook would want, especially if they sign Matt Crooks when you've already got kind of a bigger sort of mm. guy. Who, if you wanted to go with the bigger guy up front, if they could get that done, like Stu was saying, he would cover multiple positions all all the way through the spine of the team back to the the holding midfield roles. So, um, yeah, the only I think thing it, I think that protects Ollie Hawkins is the fact he can play centre half. And from what can, I gather, can he though? From what I gather, he quite enjoyed playing centre half for Portsmouth, and and kind of sees that as his his career pathway going forwards. And um, as we know, big feet, good feet for a big man. Um, same applies to Matt Crooks, by the way. Um, I just wonder if, like we've talked about, the need to get centre halves in. If you're getting towards the end of the window, and you're 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 starting to think about where you're putting your funds. And you're getting a bit tight towards FFP and things like that. You know, you think, well, we'll keep hold of Ollie Hawkins just as the fourth choice, mm. as a fourth choice centre back option for emergencies or something like that. I'm just, I can't see it, mate. I, I no. can't see it. No, is that just I, just because he's big? Essentially, <laughs> he's been talked about being played, played at centre half. He has played there. Like, is, this yeah. isn't just. This isn't like saying that. Yeah, James Norwood could play. Say he has played at centre back, but I, I don't know. I just, I think there's a reason that Paul Lambert signed him as a striker and there's a reason why Paul Cook didn't play him as a striker and there's a reason why Paul Cook or Paul Lambert, neither of them played him as a centre-back. I just, I don't know. I think I think he's on his way, if I'm if I'm being completely honest. Big feet for a big man. I'll, I'll eat some humble pie, Stu. I'll, <laughs> eat hum, I'll eat humble pie if he plays a single minute of uh, of football at centre-back for Paul Cook. I, I will, um, you can name your price. I, I think I don't think I'll be taking that bet. I, I didn't truly believe it when I said it. To be honest, <laughs> just, just a thought. And just going back to strikers very briefly, James Norwood. Um, there's still going to be a role for him, though, isn't there? I mean, you mentioned the others there that you can't see playing, but Norwood's still going to have a role, isn't he, Hutchie? I'd think so. I'd, I'd be yeah. disappointed if he wasn't. He's he's going to be in an interesting situation. He's in the final year of kind of what was a, a big contract for him, the biggest of his career by some significant distance. Um, so he's kind of in a make or break year for him, at, at, certainly at, at Ipswich and, and probably mm. at, probably at this level of football as well, level of club, I should say, rather than level of football. I think maybe a league, you know, I think he could, he can play at league one. He's shown mm. that for sure, but I think he's going to have, he's going to have a fight on his hands. He's certainly not going to be walking to the door at the end of June as the first choice, first choice striker. But I'd I'd, I'd hope there's a role. The issue with with James Norwood is even if they wanted to kind of draw a line under under the James Norwood experiment, and if there was concerns about his injuries and social media activity and all of that, I think it would be quite hard to shift him at this stage without taking some major hit on some sort of loan deal with that, that could turn turn permanent um and you know he's not gonna he's waited a long time in his career to get to this kind of level of of finances you don't just walk away from a contract like that and and you know what all that could be quite powerful because it could mean that ultimately he stays and somebody else comes in who who's takes the weight off of his shoulders to be you know he's arrived having not played much League One football, well, no League One football in, in all honesty, and then being asked to be the, the main talisman from day one, and he's not mm. been fully fit for all of that. 
you just hope that it's a big if, but if the injuries get put behind him, and I think he's got a bit of fire in the belly at the moment. Well, he's always got fire in the belly, but added by perhaps his what he thinks the perception of him is from Ipswich fans. He'll know that his, his contract's coming to an end next summer. You could really that could really bring the best out of James Norwood next season. You know, if he doesn't start the first game but gets in at some point and just keeps scoring and makes himself sort of hard to drop, that could be a win-win both for, for him and and the team as a whole. Mm. And just on strikers, because obviously that is where everyone's going to get excited about this summer. If they do sign a, a marquee name, a, a Charlie Wyker, Colby Bishop. That's not going to be the only striker they sign, is it? Can you see them signing multiple strikers, actually? Well, yeah, it, yeah. De- depending on what you class as a as a striker, I think Stu's probably right. I think you 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 maybe recruit forwards mm. at this at this stage that can play all. But yeah, yeah. I, I I would still bet on there being two, what you would term strikers, mm. signed this summer in addition to Norwood, and then possibly of the ones that are there. Maybe, maybe, maybe Drynan has got a role as the number kind of the fourth string striker that's low maintenance and is around and and can Deadly. play that can play that role. Um, but I don't think it will be anything more anything more than that. Should an offer come in that 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 would benefit him as a football player, I think he would. They would allow him. They would allow him to move as well. Drynan can play that role and is deadly, is what you missed out missed out from there. Um, that brings us to the end of our position by position Ipswich Town transfer breakdown. Uh, as you said, they're the boys essentially saying they need players in every position, but hopefully there we've gone over most of the links and, and what's going on in each position. Hutchie, just by way of finishing this, you mentioned when we uh, when we saw each other on Tuesday, uh, was it Russell Martin? There were some quotes out there about um, spending power in League One um, and where clubs may sit. That's probably worth mentioning at this point, is it? Because we were thinking that that could be a thinly veiled reference to town. It was Carl Carl Robinson at Oxford, um, yeah. who will probably publish this. Well, I'll, I'll make sure these are published so people can read it by the time they listen. Mm. But Carl Carl Robinson at Oxford was talking about about them having an increased budget there this summer and having a bit more to spend. Um, but in comparison, they probably probably stayed in the same position in the in the spending table as they previously were at because of the increased money in um, in League One. He specifically talked about Ipswich um, talked about a club offering ten thousand pounds a week for a for a centre back, and and from everything that we've heard, that feels like a a pretty thinly veiled reference to to Ipswich and Sonny Bradley. Um, mm. But yeah, that's just maybe maybe just how Ipswich are being perceived perceived at the moment. Mm, interesting. They've certainly got some money to to splash around, and there's there's lots of stuff happening, boys. It's very exciting. Is there anything else to mention, boys, on on the transfer front or any other front before we we take our leave and get on with the day? Uh, no other business. No other no business. Other. No other business. All that leaves me then to say is just to remind you that obviously we are sponsored by manscaped.com and you can get 20% off and free delivery using the code KOA at manscaped.com. And as Stewie rightly pointed out on the, on the bit we did earlier this week, it's not just about below the waist grooming. You can also get yourself a weed whacker to sort out the nose hair, the ear hair that starts to become an issue when you approach middle age like all of us are. Um, I was interested by the stats, Stewie, that said that 79% of uh, men's other halves say that nose hair is a turn off. Does that mean there's 21% turned on by nose hair? Because uh, that's a bit of a concern. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. 
Uh, and also follow us across all our social medias, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. That's Kings of Anglia, because uh, we're dropping content across there all the time. Roscoe will be back next week. I will not be back next week, because boys, very excitingly, I'm now off for two weeks, taking a holiday I should have taken last year. I'm making a whiskey pilgrimage to Isla, one of the Scottish islands where they make all the best whiskey. So I shall be pretty much pickled for the next two weeks, drinking some fine single malt whiskey, eating some excellent seafood, and not having any reception on my mobile phone, which will be very very pleasant indeed have a great time by the time i get back boys we're going to know who it's which town are playing and when hopefully they'll get that that pleasant first home game Thirty thousand people in portman road stars and stripes waving it's going to be tremendous in the sun on the 7th of august and we'll also hopefully have made some significant signings too by the time i get back strikers all sorts very exciting indeed have a great couple of weeks i'll leave you in the capable hands of the boys slash ross um, do engage with everything we're doing follow us across all social medias wow what is that <laughs> what's what <laughs> did you not, did hear, you that? not hear that it was the, no. like fly, it sounded like a fly past <laughs> i wonder if they're warming up for that fly past at portman road uh, on august the 7th anyway um I'm sorry you probably just had your ears blown out if you if you're listening to that. Um that was a fly past Stewie's Nans by the sound of it. Anyway. It's not here. Um, it's is not it not? Here. Where did no. it come from? Very bizarre. Anyway, we'll leave you on that note. Have a great week. Have a great couple of weeks. Uh, and the boys will speak to you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to Postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.